episode six of the Roveland podcast. My name's Josh Pablo, and this week we're thrilled to have one of Hampton Rovers' all-time greats on the podcast. Before we get into the guests, though, I'd like to introduce the man sitting next to me, James Prosser. Welcome to you, Pross. Cheers, Pav. Great to see you here again, and uh, great to be doing another episode. Um, I'm really excited about this week's guest. He's a man with possibly the best resume in all time from Hampton Rovers, and that's uh, Steve Anderson. He's ticked pretty much every box you could down there. Yeah, we're really excited to chat to him, see what he's got to say, and maybe share a few funny stories. Before we jump into that, though, we'd like to once again thank our club sponsors, Buxton Sandringham, Brighton Mazda, Night Sport, Hotel Brighton, and Bendigo Bank Sandringham. Get down there and consider opening an account if you need, because um, that'll help us out. That'll help the whole community. Around the Grounds is brought to you by Ausfine. Shout out to Steve Halliger from Ausfine for organising the meet for the Rovers raffle. That's right. Keep buying your people. Keep buying your raffle tickets. It's massive. It's going. For, it's going from strength to strength. Yeah. Now around the Grounds pub, we have some massive news this week. Very, very big with Premier Daniel Andrews announcing yesterday that contact training could start from July 13. Hurrah. Beautiful. And competition matches from July 20. So he said, he said this off the back of the further easing of the COVID-19 restrictions. I was, yeah, I was hoping that that contact would stay away for the whole season. I was hoping we were playing a little bit of touch footy. <laughs> Just Take outside the... footy, Josh McPherson footy. <laughs> That's it. A few boys were licking their lips at the idea of that. Yeah, they were. They so were. tackles are back, are they? Tackles are back on. There you I go. kind of find it strange, though. You can tackle from July 13 and you can only tackle for a week before you play. I mean, what do you mean? Well, so if we're going to start from the 20th of July, that really doesn't give us much time to do contact training. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure it's a massive issue. And like everyone's been saying, everyone's starting from the same point. So I think, yeah. Good point. You make a good point. Yeah, we should be right and raring to go July 20th. We will be. And we're looking for, obviously looking for support from the uh, local government, the VAFA. And uh, oh, that's and we right. really yeah. hope that that can come out. So we haven't been green-lighted yet, but it's looking very promising. Looking promising. Yeah. Awesome. This week's feature interview is brought to you by Buxton Sandringham. And we're very, very lucky to have the man sitting next to us, Stephen Anderson. His uh, reputation precedes him. And I'm just going to list off a couple of his uh, accolades here. Made his club debut in 1982, 328 senior games, 146 junior games, which makes 474 club games, two senior best and fairest in 95 and 2000, a competition best and fairest in 2000, three premierships, of one of which he was captain. He's a former president. He's a Rovers Life member. He received the VAFA Certificate of Merit. He's played across four decades and he's currently the chairman of the board. Welcome to you, Stephen Anderson. Thanks, lads. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great great to have you here. As we mentioned in the intro, you've been around the traps a while, since 1982, yep. if uh, the stats are correct. What was life like around the Rovers in the 1980s? Was um, it a far simpler time? Yeah, well, ironically, uh, one of my first assistant coaches... Uh, was Paul Pablo. That's how long I go back, is the fact that Ian, Ian Rogerson and, and Paul Pablo were my assistant coaches and Neil Kelly, so it's good to sit next to his son and do an interview about what it was like when I was young. What was he like as a coach? <laughs> he was um, he was quite young back then, so I used to actually go to a few of the games with him. Um, he was he was a bit of a lout and a bit of a bogan, had the, the mullet yeah. happening and the hurried up cart, so good memories. <laughs> and how'd you first get involved with the Rovers back then? Was it a family affair? Yeah, yeah so um, my grandfather uh, was... Well, not quite a foundation member, but they're from the early days and has the, the B&F award named after him, Bob Cave. Um, so that's the Cave side of the family. And then Dad was involved in the club and, and married Mum. Um, so it's Anderson and Cave kind of kind of family setup. So it was always going to be playing there. Um, started, as you said, in 1982 and haven't really missed uh, many years since then. You really are Rovers royalty. I mean, just listing that 
those accolades is if we could get either of us could get half of that price we'd probably be happy wouldn't we yeah <laughs> a <spot> quarter <laughs> yeah it's huge yeah well I think if you boys um, the premierships are the ones like you've heard some of the guys who's been speaking over the last couple of weeks like personal accolades are great but if you can notch up a premiership and that's not behind you at any stage um, they're the best ones absolutely, absolutely. you got three of them yeah yeah, three senior ones. It was good times. Bang. But uh, none of them came during the the 80s or the early 90s. We have it written here that it was a bit of a darker time for the club. Yeah, it was. It was um, we really struggled probably late. The, the boys made a grand final, I think it was 89 in D grade. Um, and from there, things were pretty tough for a while. Um, a lot of the older guys kind of checked out, I think. Um, and then, you know, we had a whole heap of young guys that came in probably 93, 94 yeah. that started to play for the next 10 to 12 years. And some of those names that were just babies back then, are, you know, famous names around the club now. So we kind of just launched from 93, 94 and had three flags in, in six years. So it was a bit of a tough period to start in. And some of the games I played in was, was brutal. But to turn that around and, and get the club back on track was pretty defining moment uh, for my sporting career it was great to look back on those times and pretty rewarding too stuff from like yeah not much and... yeah, absolutely and it wasn't more just about winning it was more about setting a culture um you know parting ways with some people didn't want to be part of that culture um and turning the club around as a full not just senior 18 winning games of football so that was the most pleasing part for me and then it all came together for the first one in 95 a bit of a drought breaker yeah that um, was crazy. Uh, so without, yeah, it was 40, 44, 44 years. Yeah, yeah, 44 years since we won Premiership. And there have been a lot of bad luck stories and, and things like that. But we got beaten convincingly by Thomastown, who we ended up beating in the in the grand final. And our prelims have always been so close and scary. And in the prelim, we just got across the line against Southbank, who we'd flogged twice. Southbank South and Thomastown? Thomas Where yeah. are they now? Yeah, well, <laughs> Thomastown are in the Northern Footy League, and Southbank I don't think exist anymore. I think they merged with Glen Huntley or something like that. But we got... We Scraped across the line and Chip Legrand, who was a gun, got reported. Should have got about six weeks, but got <laughs> off. And what did he do? The rest is history. He's a report, isn't he? A journalist. He is. Yeah, Chip journalist at yeah. the Herald Sun. Yeah, he's very he's famous journalist now. He's had a running with Sam Newman and and yeah. a few others, I think. So Chip, but he's a very good footballer too. Chip, as well as a good journalist. Yeah. Um, it was great. It was huge, and that was that Premiership was probably a uh, Premiership for the whole club. Um, even at the time, you know, all the players said, oh, it's not about us, it's about the whole club, and that's yeah. the way we, we celebrate it. Was, was the, the, oh, right. It was huge. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was huge. Well, was, there a bit of, uh, was there a bit of pressure in the lead-up? Did you feel it a little bit? Chance to break the drought? Like, Look, I probably, knowing the history I had at the club, I, d- I definitely thought about the lost premierships and some of the stories the old guys had, had said in the past. We were very young. We had a couple of guys that were young and had come from the country and stuff like that. It, it didn't really resonate with them. Yeah. We thought we were the better side. So I think as a group, we probably didn't have that much pressure. We had a couple of strong heads in the team as well. But for me personally, I absolutely thought about it for like 44 <laughs> years and we got a monkey on our back, etc. But, um, you know, we, we were 50 points up with about... 25 minutes to go so you can really enjoy the last quarter yeah, okay. it was brilliant and a, and a good year for you, you you personally that year best and fairest in 95 yeah but what do you what do you take away from that year as a player you know you're in the midfield weren't you yeah I was yeah. in the midfield the little ball yeah midfield and, <laughs> and up forward playing up forward was tough because we had Alfie Panagia Titus who's kicked 100 goals again. Alfie Panagia <laughs> and Mark Crawford who kicked hundreds of goals as well so I didn't really get a chance to kick many goals so I tried to get on the ball as much as I could but it was also my 21st year, so I think four weeks after winning the grand final, then having my 21st, then I drove over to WA and I've got glandular fever the next year. I'm fighting too hard, so it was a bad, massive year, huge year. Living it up. Yeah, exactly. So, so first premiership in 95, fast forward to 98, was the team the same, the same coach, the same captain, the same everything, or no, completely no. different? 
I think I remember a quote at the time. I think there was maybe seven or eight players from from the 95 that played in the 98. Different coach, obviously, being Russell Barnes. Donnie Scarlett was the first coach. And um, different scenario. Like, we we're, were probably flat, like, favourites in 95 for most of the year. In 98, Bo Morris were red-hot favourites. Um, and we'd, we'd come from nowhere pretty much to beat them. So it was a completely different feeling than the 95 one. Really stands out when you win a grand final by a goal against mm. a red-hot <laughs> favourite. So, yeah, that was... What about three-quarter time? Were we, did we have the lead or what? <laughs> I think scores were, might have been level or we were up by a goal and we had a slight breeze. Oh, okay. But you listen to it back now and that, like, Beaumont, all the commentators said, oh, Beaumont will come, Beaumont will come. And they did. They did come. I think they drew with us at one stage and we just stuck fat to what we said yeah. all day and ended up getting the, getting the biggies. So Huge. it was a great day. Yeah. Have they streamed that one yet? Yeah, it's been on. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. been on. So um, the boys enjoyed that. Saw some of the. I'm not really technically uh, savvy with no, Facebook no. and stuff like that. But <laughs> Facebook growth yeah. is crazy. So I get the kids <laughs> to tell me what's going on and stuff like that. But uh, they're, they're great. Those streaming things are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. How about the reunion? So you had you would have had 20, 25 yeah. year reunions. Yeah. It's funny how you like you have your ten year reunions and you're still pretty young and you're going a bit hard. Then you have your twenty year reunions and the boys are like, oh, it's eleven o'clock. I'm going to go home. <laughs> and you get hangovers and stuff like that. But the ten year and twenty year reunions have been fantastic catch up with the guys it's um you know sometimes you don't see them for five years if you're doing five year reunions and you know stories and some of the um the escapades we got up to it's it's a bit of fun uh then in 2000 you became the senior captain that must have been a big that was obviously a big honor for yourself yeah with that family connection even more so yeah yeah it was Um, always something uh, i wanted to do you know being junior captain and Having my uncle and dad play, and my brother play, and my grandfather play, it was all something, always something I strive to do. Um, so when that was, I was told, uh, I think about an hour before they were going to announce it at, at training, um, and it was yeah, just an amazing feeling, something I always dreamed of doing. So yeah, very proud of that moment, individual effort. Absolutely, fulfilling your destiny in a way. So yeah, you, correct. Yeah. And that would have been, ironically, your best year, given you won a competition best in Ferris in 2000. We're yeah. just pumping your tyres up here, aren't we? Yeah. That's it. Make sure you fit out of my room. Well, that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was a disappointing year because we, um, we had a good side that year and Denver broke his league, I think. And we ended, up, yeah, we ended up getting kicked out in the finals. Um, but we all wanted to win the one the next year. But I remember it was a good personal year, but a bit of disappointment as your first year as captain and not being able to, to get in the grand final. History shows that it didn't matter the next year, but I remember it being great um, individually, but being a little bit upset that we didn't go as far as we could have. Yep. Poss, this is probably a question for you, but going through these stats and the preps, three premierships in six years, we don't really talk about this enough. That That is a Rovers dynasty. Yeah. That, that really is. I, I, I think we should make a stronger effort to reconnect with kind of those guys because those guys set up the club for the, you know the next 20 years and you know we've been lucky to win two since then. Where are all those people? Like, why are they still involved in yeah. the club? I guess you're you're the last man standing almost. Um, look, the, the, there's there's five guys I think that played in all three, and um, I hope I don't get this wrong. But there's Chris Scarlett, Matt McCullough, Denver Arts, and Drew Anderson. Um, so there's still guys that get up there at the club. Probably when you look at that era, and we're all in our stage of our lives where we've got teenage kids and stuff like that. So um, it's getting to a point where. You get down there, but you just don't have the time, and I really yeah, struggle with it. You just don't have the time yeah. to, to dive into. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So they're the but they're the kind of guys, and, and mostly in that area that when your kids grow up, I have no doubt that they'll get back down there yes. and provide some support. Um, but yeah, there's there's those guys, and there's still a few others that are around that you pop down and see all the time. So you're right. You look back and go, shit, three three flags in six years. It's pretty special. Um, but there's no doubt a lot of those guys will be around when they get more time up their sleeves. I think. Oh yeah, there's an iconic photo of you. 
in 2001, lifting the flag. I'm sure it's that one, isn't that you? Oh, we got, well, um, with Gossy. With Gossy. Yeah. I remember seeing it around the club, and when I was young, I was actually at that premiership, and that was my first Rovers memory, and I guess you were someone that I looked up to as a, I would have been eight, an eight-year-old. That was, that was an iconic moment for the Rovers, wasn't it? And... Was a peroxide head Adam Power running around that day at all? No, Adam Who Power was a, he was peroxide hit the two thousand and one. He was a ninety eight peroxide. 98 so the blonde bombshell was ninety eight. <laughs> uh, from ninety eight he's the he's put a few kilos on in the two thousand and one and he's still dominated. <laughs> um, but the blonde hair was yeah, ninety eight. Top deck or uh, blonde bombshell you can call it. Grew up a bit by by two thousand and one, he'd grown yeah, up. Yeah, he'd grown up a bit matured. Yeah, eating a bit more. He's uh yeah, he's a funny I am hoping he's not the one that's giving you dirt by the way. Um so Oh, he obviously had a bit of success. Then at one point, you must have tried to hang him up, um, yep. but you never really stopped playing. No, no, I didn't. So um, I think it was 2004 or five when I had our second child. I thought I just need to have a bit of a spell. But being you know someone that was always down there in a local club, was like, oh, can you fill in and, and something like that. So always said, yeah, okay. Actually, a funny story, when Daddy was coaching only two years ago, I was literally at the bar about to order a beer. <laughs> And Anton's running out of the rooms and going, oh, someone's pulled out. Can you can you play? I said, I've got no gear. And then Rick Jones goes, oh, here's my boots. So like, okay, don't worry about the beer and out. I ran for the next 30 quarters. But yeah, a lot of feelings. And then in 2012... Wait, was that a senior game? Uh, reserves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. So yeah. we'll have to start early. Yeah, we'll start early. Anyway, 20, yeah, yeah, 2012? 2012, I think Corpy and Pinto spoke about that the other week where the team didn't win a game. We had a lot of people leave the club and, and stuff like that. And I got a call... From Barney at the time, asking if I could come and help out, and I had to drop probably five or six kilos even to get on the park. <laughs> um, but that was brutal. Two thousand twelve, trying to play senior footy at thirty nine, I think it was. That took all out on my body. But after that, I kind of enjoyed that coming back and having a yeah. kick. And then I came back and just helped out in the twos and threes and got fit and enjoyed it again. It was great. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, you're looking pretty fit at the moment. And we only got a nine-game season, so yeah. <laughs> well, a chance. That's a hamstring. Well, I tell you, nine games, and if we can get a bit of rain, a bit of a bulk <laughs> over, it would suit me perfectly. Just slow down. A couple of games. We were going to get down to this fair question, and it comes from Coach Anthony Conn. He said, how does your body look better when you're 40-plus than what it did when you were playing? Pony wants a little tip. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pony wants, I'll, I'll have the answer. It's, so when we were playing, we used to drink... Pots on a Thursday night. Um, that was our preparation every week. Like that was just not frowned upon at all back then. But oh, still, isn't it? Yeah. At our level, no. Yeah. And then, well, it was a night out so on a Thursday. Like selection yeah. of an out to the marine. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, don't drink <laughs> as much as you used to. So that's probably the key because when you're drinking too much, obviously you have the sublakis or the hamburgers and stuff like that. So yeah, but that's that's been it. Definitely playing, and we were heavier back then when playing. So you know. My role in the team, I, I, if I lost weight, I probably couldn't have done what I wanted to do. So Yeah, um, the enforcer. Yeah, just trying to... Well, I wasn't fast. I had to try and crack through packs and stuff like that. I can't do that when you're 80 kilos. <laughs> now, we were speaking about drinking just then, but tell us about some of the functions over the years. I've got it on good authority that the star party yes. was one of the better ones where everyone was posting yes. an invitation. Can you tell us a bit about that? Because yeah. we love the functions that we post. That was a yeah. cracker. That, well, we had a couple of variations of that, but it's we, it was a lot of effort because you had to go out to every single person you could think of who wants to go to the function and say, this is who you're coming as. And I reckon we had over 200 people and then friends say, I want to come. And we said, no worries, just give us their email address and we'd flick out who they're coming as. Yeah. Pretty much 200 to 250 people all came as what they were meant to be. It was probably one of the best functions I've been to. Do you remember what you went as? Uh, I was Austin Powers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was, Shag was, me, uh, baby. Yeah. Oh, my lovely wife was, what was her name? Full City Shagwell. Oh. Yeah, so, <laughs> she wasn't, we weren't married then, but she, 
Yeah, we are. The gig there, but that was great. Who organised that? Who is in charge? I think it's chief and myself. You know. sending out 200 emails. Yeah. Thinking of 200 characters. I couldn't even think of 200 no, people. No, that was it. So we had to do a lot of, I think, I think Connie might have been one of the wiggles. So we had to do a lot of that. <laughs> try and get the numbers up a little bit. But everyone had, yeah, it was a great night. It was, it was amazing. It's funny. We definitely couldn't do that these days because people just aren't as committed, like, I feel yeah. like. You know, people don't care as much. And they've got five other things they've got to be at. Yeah. But, I, um, I think you might, it'd be more the organiser organisation but I think if someone got something in the mail saying I want you to come as whoever it may be they go okay no worries yeah, yeah. I'll dress up so but it's hard work something to bring back maybe yeah, yeah maybe another star party that hasn't been one for a while I don't think I've never heard of yeah. star party loads of lists <laughs> I'm sure we've got photos somewhere now your beautiful mother yeah obviously a uh, Hampton Road is tragic she was a member of the tribunal at the VAFA for over 30 years mm-hmm. Did, how did that come about and did she ever um, look favourably upon any of the Rovers players in that time I think she may have got prescribed penalties for Stephen Anderson and David Anderson. Um, and I think Charlie might have got a prescribed penalty for, for whacking a bloke as well. Um, <laughs> but she she's pretty good at separating it. Um, so she she really didn't want much to do with the Rovers game yeah, or something yeah, like that. So she tried to keep out of it. Probably it was funny for Charlie and I on the footy field. We'd get a lot of comments. Um, so, you know, she didn't like that part of it, but we could handle ourselves. What, so do, didn't bother us. what do you mean they knew? Yeah, yeah, so they knew that oh, your really? mum was involved in the bathroom and, and yeah. stuff like that, so they'd say a few things, but, you know, back then you could probably just square up a little bit. And win weekend. three premierships and three best yeah. first, so <laughs> yeah. say whatever you want to. No, but she's, um, <laughs> she was well ahead of her time. Like, if you look at um, women in football now, like, she was, yeah, well ahead of her time. Um, there's a lot of women in football now, which I think is great for the game, but she was doing it for 30, 40 years before yeah. most others. Beautiful. She must be loving seeing the girls' footy at the moment, eh? Yeah. Well, her daughter, oh, sorry, her granddaughter is playing girls' footy now. So, awesome. Yeah, not of the Rovers. Not of the Rovers. The fair, fair hype to come up yeah. by the Rovers. <laughs> she did her Oz kick and stuff like that there. She wanted to play at the Rovers, but um, now that we're down in Manalise, which is just too far. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, she, she, she loves seeing the girls run around. Is yeah. there a scenario where any of your kids could get back here? It, or is it just that distance is just too far? No, no not at all. I think, um, I don't know how the... Uh, it's going to end up with the thirds, but Ollie and I tried to get a game in the thirds last year, um, but the, he couldn't get a clearance from the Frankston District League Okay. Um, to the VAFA in time. So we, we still want to do that. Like Ollie's now 18, so we can get a game in the thirds or something like that. That'd be that'd be fantastic. So I hope that can Take that off the bucket list. Too, yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that Uncle Charlie out there too as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, a scary thought. <laughs> I, I don't know how we've got insurance for that, so... Get uh, St. John's on the standby. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's telling me a story yesterday at golf. He goes, the last game he played, he got he got um, dragged because he'd done his car. <laughs> As he's going off, Gladys was coming on. You're good mates with your old man. So he goes, oh, that's it, I'm done. Now, golf, who else did you play with yesterday? Yeah, we played with Freddie. So I, I listened to the boys last week. Um, Corby saw Freddie, I think, at yeah. the driving range, and you asked how he was. He didn't stick and around for that. He didn't see it. So I can comment on that. Freddie is terrible. Um, <laughs> so we... We played Stableford, so you get a wipe if you're going to be over two over par. And there was one hole where I think Freddie had a wipe before he got past the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> that answers your question, how, how the old Freddie okay, Fowl goes. No but the funny thing is, he's got the worst um, language going around. <laughs> at golf, calm. No not the F-bomb at really? all. I couldn't believe it. I expected to hear F this, F that, but not, not once. So he just passed it. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think he knows he's terrible. I've anyone. Hey, Ando, we've got um, a new segment we've brought in here called Fan Questions, and we may develop that name down the track. I thought you had to have fans to have fan questions. <laughs> well, we've from. gone deep into the archives. We've got some fan questions for you, basically, from some of your favourite Rovers personalities. Okay. I 
We'll reveal who these are from. This one's from Quanny, yep. who says, what's your best memory from Jake's nightclub in Church Street, Brighton? Didn't even know there was a yeah. nightclub there. I've got to give you two. So the first one is, um, that's where I met my wife. So that's, that's, that's the one. first one. And the second one is just before they closed it up, I think it was two weeks ago, and they used to have a massive bullhorn on there. It was probably, okay. you know, our arm length in span. Um, somehow, Timmy Wilmot got it down his jumper and pants and walked out with a bullhorn. It's probably about a metre and a half wide. I don't know how he did it, but he got it out of the, the Jake's Night Club. Where was it was this? Amazing. In church shape. It was, it was the, oh, what's it called now? Is it um, something in Republic? It's one of the, the restaurants. Oh, um, Hellenic yeah, Republic. Yeah, that's the old Jake's. Oh, nice. and it used to be Groove Train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I can't so, know where it is. Um, it was pretty much... If you couldn't get it anywhere else, you'd be getting in your jokes. Like, no dramas. Nice. On yeah. Thursday night? So or, it's like the Sandys. Uh, Thursday or Saturday. Friday night was no good, but Thursday and Saturdays. Yeah, there you go. Nice yeah. and local after the yeah, game. Exactly. 7am yeah. sharp too. <laughs> Max was over the road, so he, he didn't go so Oh boy, well. how cheap she's changed. <laughs> <laughs> this one probably remained anonymous, but how can you actually be related to Charlie Anderson? <laughs> um, well, we had Dad's birthday last night, so anyone that would have been around there would have seen how we're related. Bit of arguing and stuff going on, but... No, back in the day, we were very similar. Um, it's probably that I've just uh, had kids and not been able to go out and socialise as much as Charlie has, that we're a little different now. Yeah. And uh, the last fan, last fan question, did you or did you not hold the record for the longest time piss in the Rovers' change rooms? Yes, that's true as well. Um, so How long did you go for? Oh, God, it would have been a good over two and a half minutes. You just like that nah, pretending by that stage. No, no. We, we, so we, I don't know why we were doing this, but you, you just <laughs> yeah, always get those. Exactly. Next question. Just the stupid things you do, but it was like um, you just drink. You didn't want to break the seal until you absolutely had to, and then try and get the longest go you could. But, uh, good on you. Yeah. That's another record we should have added to your yeah. resume. Well, I'm sure there's some more, but that's uh, that's all that we could do, um, given it's a PG show and it's yeah. a family show. Hey, uh, before we get into our favourite segment of the evening, Fast Five, Hampton Rovers is known for its culture and its people, and given that we've talked about four generations, I'm quite interested to know if you could name one person from each generation, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s, who personified the Rovers' culture, yeah. who who would you go for? It's a Ooh, toughie. That is a that toughie. That is a tough question, and it's a question without notice here, but... Well, if I look, so I might work backwards. Yeah. Um, so m- most recently, there's probably, it, it, there's the... Probably the four, Vossi, Freddie, Nashi, and Dina. Well, you can go Nashi and Freddie for the last couple of decades. Yeah. Um, they're four guys that, you know, when I was president, could always rely on and, and get their get everything done. And then at a junior level, someone like Jason Nickel, who now has handed over the baton, but he was very passionate about the building the club's culture and, yeah. and aligning the, the two sides of the club. Um, another one prior to that probably would have been um, like a Jimmy Westhead, uh, around the 2000s when he took on some presidency, presidency roles, again, backed by people like Freddie. Um, in the 90s, the likes of uh, Donnie Scarlett, Slugger, would always, you know, these guys just would endlessly do work for the club. And prior to that, probably um, people like my mum and, and her kind of group, circle of friends setting juniors up and, and everything like that. So just club stalwarts that all they care about is where the club's heading. So, you know, n- completely um, not worried about what they're getting out of it, making sure that the club's going to move forward. And all those people you've said are still around yeah. in some capacity, whether it's drinking at the bar or just watching the games yeah. or, you know, so. And I've missed some there and I apologise to those people, but... Um, yeah, that's what builds the club. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, now we've got the our favourite segment or my favourite segment anyway. The Fast Five, obviously brought to you by Brighton Mazda Zoom Zoom. And you're not supposed to see these questions yet, so don't okay. peek, Ando. Yeah. Uh, we'll just give you know how it works. Just we give first thing comes to my head. That's it. Spot yeah. on. Some of them have caveats. 
So you'll see them as a... What's a know, caveat, Pav? A caveat is a... Uh, I don't know a caveat. You know, I don't know. Like, explain. but... Oh, explain. but... Oh, okay, yeah. good, good, good. A because caveat. I think there are some caveats. Yeah. Watch out. We have a right of reply on Roverland, and we love that. All right, the first one. Best teammate ever? Um, Denver Arts. Do you mean ability-wise? Anything. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Denver, Denver Arts. And personality? Uh, yeah, well, I live with Denver too, so... Oh, all, yeah, Denver Blicky, Chris Scarlett, Drew Hogger, um, guys like that, yeah. Fast five people. All right. Uh, least favourite opponent? Uh, Bernie Rafferty. There you go. Shout out to From Bernie. From what team? Uh, Glenn Huntley. He oh. was a he was a rookie labourer. He's a big unit. Just I was only a kid back then. I was very frightened of him. Do you ever bump? You would you ever like? I don't know. You ever bump into someone like that out in the street? Say, oh, Bernie Rafferty. Um, I probably would now and say, look, I used to be shit frightened. Yeah. He was older than me. Oh, okay. He was a seriously big unit. Like, yeah. He was massive. <laughs> Best footy trip destination and why? Um, in under ten words. Oh, Adelaide. Oh, no. Can't get in trouble. And now describe Adam Power in one word. Uh, oh, shit. There's so many words. Um, <laughs> you can have two or three. Yeah, <laughs> we're not there. Uh, uh, idiot. Idiot. Oh, <laughs> bang. Best Rovers person ever. Uh, That's huge. Ro- best Rovers person ever. Um, Boss James. Oh, or yeah. Mom, or Mum. Yeah. yeah. Great call. Another, yeah, Boss James. Yeah, thanks so much for coming down and having a chat, Ando. Pleasure. Yeah. Um, I've only... Ever been around when you were a president rather than a player? Yeah. Just seeing the amount of work and stuff that you've done. I'm going to thank you for that. No drama. And then, uh, yeah. Thanks, Thanks boys. Around. Thanks we definitely me. know that um, your what you've done for the club over the years hasn't gone unnoticed. So for someone like me, I I saw that and I will always remember you for doing so much around the club. So we we really appreciate that. Yeah, Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, that brings an end to episode six. I'm excited for the next one, Pav. Very, very excited. Another massive guest next week and we can't wait to see you there. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.